Hello and welcome to episode 206 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now this is the third and final part of a three-part special for the Slam Dunk Music Festival. So far, if you've listened to the first part of this, you'd have heard interviews with yours truly, Beartooth and The Wonder Years. On the last episode, 205, which was part two, I was joined by the Nova Twins, Hot Milk and Neck Deep. And now the final part is here. And on this one, I'm joined by Silverstein and the amazing Sum 41. I'm so glad these interviews have done so well. I'm so glad just to be out there again recording face-to-face interviews, which is what I love doing the most. And honestly, Slam Dunk for me was the best experience from the moment I got there to the moment I left. I can't express just how much of a great time I had and I can't wait to get to the interviews today with the amazing Silverstein and the incredible Sum 41. Shane from Silverstein has been on Mark and Me twice before, but this is the first time I actually got to sit down with him face to face, and honestly, it was a dream come true. He's a natural, he's an incredible person, and a podcaster, so honestly, I can't wait to get to it. So here's me and Shane talking all things music. You might not know this, but I released our episode this week. You know, we sat down about three weeks ago on I, Zoom. I did know that. I actually just saw the rumblings uh, of it. People are really liking our chat. That's really good. I'm glad to hear. So, And I'm back already. I was going to say, this is what I like about it. Even though the episode's just gone out, we're here in person now. Fuck Zoom. Yeah, no, this is this is better. It's like 3D Zoom. Exactly. I kind of want to just touch your face and stuff, but I won't. Touch that's it. Okay, all right, I'm touching Get his face. Photo. I'm petting there his beard, go. yeah. <laughs> it's, we got a photo of it. It's, it's, it's documented. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's great to see you, man. It's good to meet you in person, because I think we've done two of them both you know, remotely, yeah, right? Yeah, and this is the third. Yeah, so this is great. Save the best or last in person. I, I 100% agree. What I wanted to talk to you about, I, on your interview we did literally a couple of weeks ago, I was talking all about your album. It's my album of the year. It really is. I fucking That's love it. That's incredible. Thank you. It we, still is. No one's come along yet and beat it. Wow. I mean, it, it's amazing. You know, we, we knew we had something pretty special yeah. in the can when we were finished it. But of course, like, there's that long wait. Yeah. And, you know, and not, not to say, like, you start to overthink it. Because, I mean, we, know, we, we knew you liked the record, but, you know... We release the singles and they come out one by one and you hear different kind of responses. But when that record, when it finally dropped on May 9th, people were really freaked out about it. It was like a really, really great reaction, which I mean, I won't say it's unexpected, completely unexpected because we knew we had a good record, but it just, it felt amazing for the, the fruits of our labor to kind of come to fruition. Cause you know, we recorded the record last summer. It's, it was, it's been like 10 months since we finished the record or something. So, you know, a oh, long I, wait. I find it quite hard to like, imagine being in a band, recording, wanting just to get it out there and sitting on it for 10 months, knowing that you just can't really show off what you've just done. You know, it must be yeah. so frustrating. Yeah, it, it is frustrating. And most of the reason is because of the vinyl manufacturing delays right now, right? Yeah, it takes crazy. It can take up to like a year to get vinyl pressed. And in fact, that's what happened to us. We, we got fucked on the on our vinyl it's it's still not done 
Our record's been out for a month, and the record of the vinyl is still not done. So That's it's, why it's, this podcast is not available on vinyl. I couldn't do it. <laughs> do you know that I mean? would be a lot of vinyl records. Every yeah. week you get a vinyl in the post. I wonder if anyone has ever released a podcast on vinyl. That would be very funny. Let's do it. You know, you know what would be cool to do? Would be, and, and I might steal this idea, or maybe it's my idea, I don't know. You can do it too, Mark. Just the first ever episode, like episode one, release That's that cool. on vinyl That's with cool. the artwork, just like as a thing, like, hey, help support, like maybe you'll never listen to it. But it's a thing. It's it's like you know it's cool, and then that that's like maybe maybe a thing you do a limited release and my, my maybe first, your supporters uh, maybe your supporters buy my it. My first episode was Kevin Smith. So that's a good one. That's a great one. And if he retweeted, I'd sell fucking loads. What a guy! Damn, that's really cool. I set the bar really high, right? So was I got he, Kevin he, Smith. Yeah. Then I got Corey Feldman. Then I got Anthony Hopkins, and then I got Big Bird from Sesame Street. All in the first five episodes. Wow. I know. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I should have saved it. And now you're talking to hack musicians <laughs> like me? Damn. It's all good, man. It's all I'm good. A big, I'm a big, big bird fan. So this is. He uh, was a man. And he's died now. Oh, man. I know. Carol Spinney. And he, do you know what? A lot of people don't know this. He also played the part of Oscar the Grouch. Oh, the wow. Same guy. Wow. So you learn something new every day. I, I did not know that. Fascinating. That is interesting. Talk to me about your podcast, because we can talk about Silverstein all day, but you've got your own podcast where you talk to vocalists and singers and people that basically do what you do. That's exactly what I do. I, it's called Lead Singer Syndrome. I talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. All different walks of life. Um, it's really funny. Last week, I had Taylor Hansen from Hansen. Fucking hell. Yeah. He was great. That's amazing. This week, I have Tony from Municipal Waste. So, you know, it really runs the wow. gamut of, of Hansen, styles of Hansen, music. Hanson, you've got me with Hanson. How is he <laughs> yeah. doing, that guy? Fantastic. They have a new album out. Wow. Um, their music is actually awesome. Yeah. Like, everyone, you know, especially you're you know, probably around the same age as me, uh, everyone remembers Mbop and that coming out yeah. and being this worldwide sensation, but maybe not the best song I ever heard. You know, and um, a lot of people just think of them as that band still. Uh, 25 years of, of Mbop, actually. But they have now a new record, really and they're killing old. it. And they're killing it. So, yeah, so I talked to a whole bunch of different lead singers, um, you know, and I've, I've, I mean, I've been doing it a very long time. I have, like, over 300 episodes. So, yeah, I mean, if you're – I mean, most of the guys I talk to and girls I talk to are, you know, in punk – you know, emo bands or whatever. Did you have, uh, I listened but to I've had one lots, lots of different people. Dennis from Refused. I did have Dennis from That's Refused. That's the one I listened to in the car a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was early on. Yeah, it was probably within the first I like fifty. Shuffle. But I, I love, uh, I love that man. Yeah, that what an important artist. Yeah, when you look at the history of let's call it punk, what Refused did was the biggest game changer, and I mean they they called it I know. Shape of Punk to come. Yeah. They they called it, but it, it was. Wow, what a guy. And he's such a good person. When I listen to that album still, New Noise, stuff like that, that sounds like it was recorded yesterday. It sounds, sounds amazing. fucking incredible. And he's just an artist. He's just made to just produce incredible stuff with solo projects, with side projects, and he's still in Refuse kicking ass every night. Yeah. No, 100%. It is interesting. There. I think it's Sweden. I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to Sweden. It's the same as one of my favorite metal records ever is At the Gate Slaughter of the Soul, and that record came out in '95, and it still sounds amazing. And it's a metal record. Yeah, like metal from that era 
A lot of it sounds like so absolute dated. fucking yeah. shit. Listen to Anthrax or anything like that. I know some of it is so, it's, and some of that was on major labels, and it still sounds bad. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I, I think those records both recorded in Sweden. I think there's something something in the water there, man. That's Nerds. the secret. Do your next album in Sweden. We should. Silverstein in Sweden. We should. We should. I think Under Oath might have done. No, they did videos in Sweden. They never did a record. No, I, I don't know. Yeah, I love Sweden. My dad was born in Sweden, so there you go. With your new album being like 10 month delay in the way that it was done, you'd sat there. Are you already kind of putting pen to paper on your follow-up album? Not really. No. Because I, like, I, I think I'm being fully respectful here. You've got your work cut out to top this album. Yeah. And I mean, every record we do, we really, really try hard to top the last record. We, we book more studio time. We, we, we book more time with ourselves yeah. to, to write. You have to book time with yourself to write. It's a really weird thing when you're, you know, in your 40s or your late 30s, like the rest of the guys. It's like you have to literally schedule time with yourself to be creative. It's a really weird concept. It is. I don't think about it, but you have to be that strict, otherwise you're just going to do something else. You, ha- you have to be, especially because life does life gets busier. Yeah. As you get older, and music records don't get easier to write, man. Harder and harder. So we we have to put in that time. We know it, and I think that's part of why our records have for the most part ramped up and gotten better and better I think our last four records are even our last five records are maybe our best I think they're better than the first five at least as a whole so that's pretty that's pretty special yeah but you know I mean we haven't started writing at all um, at least maybe we have individually a little bit I have like there's a couple songs that from Misery Made Me Sessions that didn't didn't make it but when you hear Oh didn't make it It's not because they were bad It's because they filled Maybe a similar space to another yeah. song On the record or something Like for example I wrote the song Misery Which is a great acoustic track That closed the record I wrote another really really great acoustic song uh, That I really hope Sees the light of day And it might on the next record So we have some things you know Like that But you know we'll, we'll go in and we'll uh, We'll start again start the process over and I have no doubt that we're going to have some amazing stuff because we, we work really hard at it yeah you do and the reward is coming here seeing the you, do you see the reaction you know what I mean the crowd yeah. are so relieved just to have music again but I know. live music it's, it's been worth the wait it, 100% man it, it's, it's been a hard couple of years but we were really circling this tour on our calendars just like festivals europe summertime it's been so long like we know like, people are going crazy out there yeah so excited um i know you in the uk you had a few last summer and stuff but i know it was most they were, like, more domestic periods, though, yeah. domestic bands and stuff yeah so, so to be able to do this thing now and just the weather's cooperated I it's know. kind of been like Touch just wood. yeah yeah it's been the perfect storm of no i can't say that uh <laughs> it's it's really been just the the perfect uh situation for rock and roll yeah. in the sun baby and uh i feel like it's here to stay touch wood it, again it feels yeah this, we're we're, we're we on an entire wood. it's wooden. wooden table yeah like raw wood too like there's no it's not even finished this is, uh, this so yeah we're, we're, we're touching it. wood i'm rubbing this yeah, wood you're gonna get splinters. i'm getting all the yeah, luck yeah, yeah exactly. so give me the splinters if that keeps the wood yeah. in my hands you know i could touch wood 24 7 i'll do it 
Amazing. <laughs> but no, man, it's it's really great to be back, and I I cannot. I did not imagine this. Yeah. I started getting worried we'd never come back. There would always be mandates. There would always be problems, or or people would be scared to leave their houses, or or something would change. Yeah. But the fact is that no, this is this could be 2019. It, it, it feels the same. It's amazing. I finished the podcast, and you know this one coming on twice now, with you choosing an outro piece of music. You chose a couple of weeks ago the Smashing Pumpkins cover of Disarm by yourselves. Yeah. And that was the outro piece of music. Yeah. And do you know what, dude? I'm not just saying this because you're here. I would never dream on taking on Billy Corgan's work. You fucking nailed it as a band. Thank you. It should be minimal. It shouldn't be with a band, but you did it, and that outro fucking blew my mind well that that means a lot it was that was kind of my baby yeah um hopeless records a label we've been on in the past and re- they're really really good friends they're here actually I was just hanging out with them earlier they had this you know songs that saved my life project and man i i really had a hard time trying to find a song but i knew it had to be something from that era because that was when i really got acquainted with music in my life and when it really started to mean something to me and two of the songs we thought about doing, I wanted to do um, Territorial Pissings and Nevada. Drain You. Amazing. Both of the songs, because they're back-to-back on yeah. the record. And I thought that that would be really cool to do. Ter- There's that ter- overdrive guitar that just blends into the next. Yeah. Yeah. And my baby too. And I thought we could do that really cool. But then, I don't know, it kind of came to me. I was like, I don't know, man. Disarms like the song, but can we pull it off? And, you know... There's, I won't take anything away from, from Smashing Pumpkins or, or Billy Corgan or whatever, but we are completely different vocalists. Yeah. And he has such a distinctive voice that we weren't really sure what was going to happen There's when only it one was Billy me. Corgan, yeah. And it kind of worked. It kind of worked. And adding in the full band, we wanted to do it tastefully, not just be like, bring it in and be like, oh, we're going to start screaming and put a fucking breakdown in. We were like, no, can't do that how can we kind of make it our own? And uh, it means a lot that, that you said that you have the, that you, th- that you think we did a good job because it's it's it was an uphill battle and yeah. was, I spent a lot of time myself preparing that kind of demo and showing it to the band. So, yeah. so now what are you going to choose for today's episode? Wow. Um, wow. Do you want to go for a different band? Someone I, different that I, inspired I would like you? to go for a different band. I'm thinking about Something slam dunk related. Nice. Keep now, it in theme. I know you were just talking to Cone and Dave a minute ago. Yes. And being that I'm from Toronto, I have a pretty crazy personal history with Sum 41 as a fan. Yeah. Because I used to see them like when they were a local band. I didn't realize they'd been going 24 years or something. Like, what the fuck? It's crazy. So when they... I have their demo tape. Go and get it signed. You know, right? <laughs> I should have brought it. <laughs> Shitloads. Um, it's 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 cra- it's just crazy to see the the trajectory that band took from being this local punk band. They used to set up like trampolines on stage, like little mini trampolines, and they did these like synchronized guitar moves, like kind of like Iron Maiden, but they're a punk band. It was so cool. It was so original. They sounded awesome back then, and then seeing them just blow up into one of the biggest pop punk bands ever ever yeah that grew up in my backyard like they're from ajax my dad was born in ajax so uh, or no my dad was born in sweden my dad grew up in ajax yes. I, I can't say two different places my this dad is sweden born. cast today <laughs> but uh but he grew up in ajax so it's it's a, always been very 
homebred. So for them to be here headlining the festival, everything Derek's been through, uh, they're still making great music. I would love to play a Sum 41 song. Which one, though? I got it. He's got it there. I have a favorite. That's how quick that was. I know I have, needed I have a favorite Sum 41 song. It's on Does This Look Infected? It's called Mr. Amsterdam. It is such a cool song. Martin knows that song. I can't it, claim I know that. It's not a single or anything. It's, it's like a track eight. It is this really, really interesting, like fast punk, almost like a no effects song. But then the ending, they have literally like a Metallica breakdown. Uh, and it is so this. cool. And it, to me, that was like, that was what I loved about Sum 41 in the early days was their blend of, of skate punk Fat record skate punk with the metal sound, which no one no one had done yet. No, and and to me that was really special. So when that song came out, and I remember I got to see them play that record in full uh, a few years ago, and they play that song live, it's like that's just that's the cool song. So I know it's a lot big intro for uh, a final I track, love it. but um, but yeah, those that, that band is near and dear to my heart, and uh, I'm glad that they're they're still here out here kicking ass. Thank you for coming back on, dude. Free times. Anytime, Mark. Have me anytime. There's literally free bands. I think Thrice have been on. You guys now is free times. And do you ever watch the TV series Spaced? The UK with Simon Pegg's like Shaun of I, the Dead. No, I don't. Oh, I know Shaun. I, I know. I know who so you're talking about. I've not seen it though. On it free times. Oh wow. So now cool. you're all equal. So maybe you're the first to come back and make it four soon. Let's go. Let's I'd love it. to. I'd love to be the winner here. Let's do this. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Thank you, Mark. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Shane from Silverstein. The third time that I've actually interviewed him for Mark and me. And it won't be the last. Hey, he could be the guest that makes it the magic four. But let's see what happens. An amazing band, an amazing musician, amazing singer and just a great guy. I could talk to him for hours and I can't wait to get him back on in the near future. Silverstein set at Slam Dunk was something you had to see. And they are playing in the UK this year, so get yourself a ticket and check them out because they're absolutely phenomenal. And if you've listened to my recent episode with Shane, you will know that currently, as it stands, that album by Silverstein is my favorite album of 2022, as it stands. And honestly, it's gonna take something big to beat it. Up next, we have an interview with the headliner from the whole of Slam Dunk. Yes, I'm joined by Dave and Cone from Sum 41. A huge interview for me, a band I've loved for over 20 years, and they deserve to have this headline slot. They've been waiting three years for this moment, and it didn't disappoint. Their headline slot was incredible from start to finish, and honestly, a band that are just getting bigger and better. And the best thing is, during this interview, you will find out just how much they love doing Sum 41, and at the moment, they have no plans of going anywhere. They just want to get bigger and keep going, which is unbelievable after 20 years in the music business. So I think the best thing to do is to get to that interview now. So here's me and Sum 41 talking all things Slam Dunk.
I'm here with Dave and Cone from Sum 41. Thank you both for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Uh, thank you very much. I love your shirt. Thank you for, so for much. For anybody listening out there, he's got a Sofia Coppola shirt on, and it is a beautiful thing. What an amazing director. It's so true. So yeah. true. <laughs> so, guys, you're probably absolutely exhausted, but talk to me right now. You've been locked away for two years, not being able to play any shows, but now that kind of leash is off and you're back. How does it feel right now? The world is kind of almost back to normal, and tonight you're headlining one of my favorite festivals ever, Slam Dunk. Oh, man. Well, I mean, for three years, three years, we've been waiting to play this festival. So it got canceled, canceled, then canceled again. And uh, finally to be here after that many days, it's huge because it's something that we've, we've been wanting to play since we heard about it. So to step on stage last night was just some sort of special vibe that has been, it's just been waiting to happen. Does it yeah. feel real because it's been such a long wait and it kept getting canceled? Was there a moment where you thought, we might not fucking ever get to do this show. We might not get to play again because of the pandemic. It was definitely in the middle of the pandemic. It was definitely kind of felt like that for a while because we kept on rescheduling stuff, obviously, like everyone did. And then as a couple months prior to the tour, it would get canceled again. So you start to get through this, heads, go through this headspace of like, fuck, how long is this going to take? You know, this could be five years. This could be 10 years. Like, you just never know. The good thing was we had a lot of time off to record new music. So we've, we now have a, a double album ready. And wow. so that's going to come out uh, maybe later this year or early next year. It's called Heaven and Hell. And it's like one side's like pop punk. The other side's like really heavy. So it's like, you know, basically everything our band has done in our career on one record. Double wow. Album. So at least we couldn't play, but we could record. Is it like your kind of melancholy and the offensive sadness? <laughs> your kind of two-parter? Yeah, yeah. Derek does wear his Smashing Pumpkins shirt a lot these days. <laughs> there yeah, you go. So, yeah, it could be. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah. So how does it feel to kind of go back in the studio and record knowing that you've got this album coming out? New music, you know. Does it feel like at one point maybe there was never going to be the day that you record again? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, did you feel that way? I, I actually never felt that we would never release new music. But the touring was always up in the air. Yeah, we, they all, we always record and we yeah. always put out new albums. Sometimes it takes five years, but it's always there. We always record. Yeah, I, I kind of I had this this weird feeling in the back of my head that maybe the world would never return back to normal. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it it, it just kind of everything started clearing up. You know, it started clearing my head a little bit, and um, it just everything opened up. Derek sent some new tracks and it was like, oh my gosh, this is a straight up godsend. Thank you very much. Because uh, we all get to work out of our own studios at home. That's so as awesome. soon as that track, as soon as those tracks came in and he was like, I need some solos for this. I was like, oh man, I got like two or three years worth of solos to hand you right now. I love this. <laughs> and you know, like when you're headlining a festival like this, do you still get nervous? Do you still sit there backstage thinking, oh my God, because there's bands on here like the Wonder Years. There's some incredible bands like Bear Tooth. They bring so much energy. Does it make you want to kind of raise your game and go on another level? Do you sit there thinking, fucking hell, we need to nail this tonight? If not, I've made you feel like that yeah, now. Yeah. I, I, no, not really, more anxious. Yeah. And, and you know, yesterday was the first time in our whole career we've ever done pyro. And we're doing it again today. So that was, it was more like excitement of like, holy fuck, we're gonna have all, these, all this fire and you know, and you know, nerves a little bit because you have to watch out for the pyro so you don't get burned up. Um, 
But yeah, yesterday was more about excitement and anticipation because it was the first time we ever did pyro. 23, six years into our career. <laughs> I think the only time I get nervous now is when, you know, we tell our son to be home at 10.30 and he, it's 10.31 he's not home yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's about Old it. times have changed. Street, street lights, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of bands that listen to my podcast that are starting out or wanting to be in bands. You guys will influence so many bands that you don't even realize or people out there that want to be in a band. They'll watch your music videos and think, I want to be like these guys. What advice do you give to someone that knows right now in a world of so much streaming, how do you get out there and really make a name for yourself? Because it's not about selling records now, is it? It's about getting out there. I mean, you have to know from the, from the hop, you have to know what you are what your vision is and encompassed in that is how you're going to record records what type of records you're going to do whether it's going to be streaming or physical who you're going to be marketing to and this is if you want success if you just want to go out and create art there's so many facets for that you can just sit at home and create art as much as you want and a lot of people do that too so I mean it's kind of a mixture of, of whatever you want but you have to know what you want. And that's probably the best advice. And that, that was kind of the advice that was drilled into our heads when we first started in this. But I don't think we have ever answered that question. Yeah, I mean, it is tough because it's changed so much since we were coming out. But yeah. I would say, when bands ask me, I just say, don't chase anything. Like, don't, don't chase what's popular. Just do what you want, kind of what you were just saying. Do what you want to do. Don't say, like, pop is big, I'm gonna do pop. Punk's big, I'm gonna do punk. Do it. Do what you like. Don't just try and chase the cool thing. Because when you're doing that, you're going to be chasing for the rest of your life. Just do what you like, and, and that, that makes it honest. And then, you know, if it's not popular at the time, maybe it's popular in 10 years. Who knows? Yeah, the average music fan is a lot smarter than, than anybody yeah. thinks they are. Like, they, they know what they want. They have specific tastes. And if you're just trying to cater to that, it'll be seen through. The facade is, is very, very thin. So it, it's important to, to be honest in your music and be honest with the people that essentially are paying you to be a part of this thing that we call music. And is that why, is that why you guys have been going around for so long and the longevity is there? Because I talked to bands like Incubus recently and Thrice and they've done like 20 years in the industry but they still have the hunger when they go on stage, they still want to do it. It's not just like oh, we'll go on stage and play a show tonight because we need to sell some records to pay our mortgage. They want to do it. You guys still, when I talk to you today, have that ambition and drive. You guys look like it's your first gig tonight. It's fucking incredible, man. I, I do feel like we're still a young band. Yeah, it's I, good. I actually do feel like, I keep saying that to everyone. Everyone's like, you're a heritage band or what's, what someone called us yesterday. Uh, like some, Something like a heritage band, a legacy band. I was like, I still feel like really, yeah, I still feel like we're a young, young band. I mean... I don't know, I guess that's why we're still hungry, because I still feel like we have so much more to accomplish. I mean, we're headlining this for the first time. I mean, it's the first time we've ever been able to headline a festival like this, and it's been like 26 years. Yeah. So that's, that's, it's been a long time coming. I, for me, it's a combination of just realizing how unique this whole opportunity is yeah. to be doing this and just even to be here right now, and the fact that some of my friends are roofers and I don't ever want to go into doing that. I never want to put a shingle in somebody's roof in the hot-ass sun. Yeah. My hands are way too soft, so there's no chance of that. You never take it for granted, do you, being, no. doing what you love morning, day, and night? No, no, no. 
My final question, guys. What I do on the podcast, and you're going to have to agree on this, I think. I asked the guest who's been on, and I've done 200 episodes now. We let the guest choose the outro song, so the last song that's played on the podcast after this interview's all done is chosen by you guys. Okay. It can be any song by any band. You haven't got to pick your own band. Okay. What's a song? Let's just do two, two choices and we'll toss a coin or something. All right. What would good. be a song that you would love to be played that means a lot to you that when I ask the question comes to your heart and soul that you love that should be the perfect outro song? Okay. What do you got? I'm going to take a second here. He threw that <laughs> to you then to give himself longer. <laughs> He's one. like, I need longer, man. God damn it. That's hard. <laughs> uh, for me, it would definitely be uh, something by the meters off of Cabbage Alley. Uh, let's see. They do a great cover of uh, "Birds" by Neil Young. Oh, I so, love yeah, Neil Young. Yeah, so go for that one, "Birds," but uh, the Meters version. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I mean, I, I'm a big Clash fan, so maybe we'll do something by the Clash. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's do um, something by Joe Strummer's solo album because it probably doesn't get played as much. Let's do uh, "Coma Girl" because we're at a festival and it's about a festival. There you go. Yeah. I love it, man. Nice. Amazing. Thank you for your time, both. Oh, Tonight's going to be fucking ace. Three years in the making, and I can't wait. Uh, us neither. It's going to be great. When you see. So there it is. That brings us to the end of a three-part special for the incredible Slam Dunk Music Festival. I've covered eight bands over these three specials and had the time of my absolute life. I want to say a massive thank you to my good friend Martin. He joined me for the whole day, taking photos, being backstage, helping me record these interviews, and it was just an absolute dream to have you with me the whole time and experience this amazing festival. So thank you so much. I also want to give a massive shout out for the people that make these interviews happen behind the scenes. Harris, Haley, and Holly from the Good As Gold group. Without you guys, this podcast would not be where it is. And I'm so, so grateful. So thanks so much. Also to the amazing Mark James from Turn The Page. Because of you, I got some of the biggest interviews this weekend. And I think now I'm in debt to give you beers for life. But seriously, thanks so much. I also want to give a huge shout out to Siobhan from the amazing public city without you all this wouldn't happen all the bookings the times and it goes such a long way your hard work is so appreciated and emma you are the reason for this festival i'm so so grateful i need to basically give you beers funkos star wars toys trainers and everything for life for making this happen i'm so grateful to everyone i've mentioned today and also you guys at home that have taken the time to listen it means the absolute world I had an absolute blast at this festival. I got to meet one of my good friends off Twitter, Chris, who I've not actually met in the flesh, and it was so good to hang and just watch bands with you. Uh, seeing Alexis on fire, oh my God, that band, a phenomenal live. Every single set I saw, these bands played their heart out, and I'm already excited for next year. 
I really all hope you've enjoyed these free specials. A lot of work went into it and I really, really have enjoyed every moment of it. If you've really enjoyed this special, all I ask is you to share it on your social media networks. On markandme.com, there's Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All the links are on there and just share them, retweet them or put them on your Instagram. It makes a huge difference to get the name of Mark and Me out there. And I also have a Patreon page. The reason I can go out and do this is for support via the Patreon. And every penny that you put in goes right back into me doing the podcast. It allows me to go out there and do these interviews. So if you've enjoyed today's episode and want to give something back, there's a link on markandme.com. I just want to finish now by saying a huge thanks to all the bands for coming on. And honestly, this has been one of the best experiences of my entire life. I can't wait to do it all again next year. But until then, I'll be back with a new episode in just a few days' time. So take care, look after yourself, and I'll speak to you all very soon. I was crawling through a festival way out west. I was thinking about love and the acid test. But first I got real dizzy with a real rocking gang. And then I saw the coma girl. The excitement gang and the rain came in from the wide blue yonder. Through all the stages I wandered. Oh, come, girl, on the excitement gang. Mama Lisa on a motorcycle gang. Somebody was wailing off the head Oh, nobody is ripping the teen scene dead Thou was falling upon desolation road. So I love at the last drop on the go. Let's siphon up some gas. Let's get this show on the road. Said the coma go to the excitement gang. Into action, everybody sprang. The old drums were beating out too lang, too lang. Come on, the excitement gang. Oh, Mona Lisa on a motorcycle gang.